Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Jamie. Welcome back. How's it going? We get to do a double whammy of what's on your shelf this week. Here's your second week in a row. Enjoy. I hope you were looking for books to read. Because we, I have so I have really good ones. I only have two today, but they are both knock your socks off books. I uh, cannot wait. Yes. But before that, I also want to let you know that Sarah just about choked when she saw how many notifications I had on my email <laughs> like a month and a half ago. <laughs> it was like something over a it thousand. It was a lot. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> and it drives me crazy to the point of I freeze. Like Oh, like I can't even touch that. I can't that. even. How would you even manage that? And so. I don't know. I have been working on it. And I have it managed now. I got it down to zero. And every day I clean it out. And so I just wanted to update you all on that because I know you've been dying to know. I've been worried about you. I know, right? I'm getting my life together. I'm proud of you, Jamie. So that's number one thing I wanted to share. Thank you. Number two. Now, listeners don't know this. They maybe didn't know my emails either. Why I think it's important here. I don't know. But here we are. It just says a lot about how crazy things are right now. Yeah. That's what it says. (laughs) So I need to talk about something else besides my crazy. (laughs) Um, Like a month ago, I was talking to Sarah about how ridiculous the She-Hulk trailers were. Oh, yes. We have. How ridiculous. We've only seen the trailers. We haven't actually watched the show. Well, I have. Guess what? What? I love it. (gasps) <gasps> you do not. I started watching it and I watch it with my kids, which is probably why. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, let's watch it. This is so ridiculously it's stupid. The ridiculous commercials in real life. But then I started watching it and we look forward to Thursday nights now. <laughs> it's almost like having, I'm not oh going to say gosh. like having friends back because nothing is like having friends back, but you know, the excitement of Thursday night turning on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. on, on Thursday nights. Where it comes out on Thursdays, yes, I should say. Yes, it comes out on Thursdays. And my kids and I are like, they're, they're so excited. Because I don't ever watch TV with my kids. Yeah. They watch TV, I'm reading a book. Sure. I never sit and watch TV. I very, agree. very rarely. So, and they have shows they watch with my husband. And they get all excited about it. And I go upstairs and get in the bath and read a book. Yeah. And I love enjoy. that they have that. It's just not really, a TV thing is not my we talk books. Yeah. But we have gotten into She-Hulk. You're loving it. And I'm loving it. I I still get to watch it. I have children it's, who watch it. It's yeah. on and I will watch it <laughs> with it them. It is actually and quite I am like, funny. I'm the one who's turning to Cash, my 12-year-old. Rolling like, your eyes. Are you serious? And he's like, what? It's awesome. He loves it so much. I love it. I love the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. Like She-Hulk attorney at law. What? I know. It was sounding like so stupid. Like she had stupid. to go to court over her name. Did yes. any other superhero ever have to do that? Like no, why does like this woman have to fight so hard for her place? Yeah. It's so ridiculous. And yet I love the like feminist well, jabs and that in there. She only, and the- have you figured out how she decides when to be the Hulk and when to be just a human? She because has, to me it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense to me either. Like – Last week she shows up at a wedding and she's Hulk and I'm like, why would you show? Did why wouldn't you go was, into your regular? Was the but, Hulk invited? No, she was the only one there in superhero form. But <laughs> she kind of went there because she kind of. So then in the episode, it's like she was kind of wanting to be like, I finally have something to show off. 
because she's been like the intellectual, not married, not dating. She was always the. But then she went and dated as She Hulk, right? But it never. She's not really. And she hated. But she hated that. Like that they only liked her for that. So now you're gonna go to a wedding and be that. But now, but because everyone else, you know, going to a wedding by yourself, like that whole stigma of that. That's how she was feeling. So she was like, I want to walk in confidence. So she walked in as a Hulk, and it didn't go over well. But. I have actually found myself really enjoying it and laughing and having that. It's just a little half hour. It's not a long episode. They're not very long. So I, which is good for my attention span. It's perfect. If it was any longer, (laughs) I probably wouldn't love it. But me and my kids sit for that half hour together. Well, and and that's funny you say that because Steve is totally into the new Lord of the Rings that are being released. Oh, I didn't know they had new. It's like a series. Okay. And I think it's like, I don't know the timing. Yeah. Pre Lord of the Rings, like leading up oh, to Lord of the Rings. Oh, this is getting all that like media attention because they've put some black people in the Lord of the Rings, right? Possibly. And people are upset because that's not traditional of what it was supposed to be. Possibly. I did hear that about because it. Because there okay. is, there are black people in the show. Yeah. And it's, anyway, there are all different right. kinds of people. There's Great. like people who are not Bring people. Them all in. I don't yeah. know what, they're all different Why is that kinds of things. I don't know. I anyway. Don't but yeah. And those episodes, like the one, it comes out on Sundays. Okay. And that, those episodes are 73 minutes. Or the last one was 73. So they're like oh upwards of an gosh. hour. I cannot. Well, because their movies are five hours long. Yeah. So I guess that's what you get when it's Yeah. That. But we but. were laughing because the last one that was on Sunday, I don't know if anyone watches this. I don't. I mean, I've seen The Lord of the Rings maybe once, like years yeah. ago. I don't. I'm not, really, I'm not like a diehard. Me neither. It's fine. I, it's a part of. I like movies. I'll give I'll give you that. I'll eat popcorn. Yep. So anyway, I don't know all of the things, but mm-hmm. I haven't, you know, I've watched this little series with Steve every Sunday and we've enjoyed it. Like I'm yeah, following you're it. You're following it. Okay. But we laughed because this last episode, like we really learned nothing. <laughs> you're like, wait, 73 just, minutes? Exactly. That's why I know the amount of time because I was like, <laughs> what did we just learn? And we were we were seriously like scratching our heads, like what was that whole episode? It was nothing. And then the next day, Steve like brought me some guy was talking about it and like uh-huh. recapping it, and he's like joking that in the last hour, all we did was learn that we are right back where we started at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> and I was like, this is exactly what I thought. Yeah. Anyway, okay. so that's a whole other thing. Uh, we're not here to talk about television. No books. Here we go. Sorry. Whew. Jamie, do you have a fun fact for us today? I sure do. I found an interview with Alice Feeney um, on thebigthrill.org, which is all about thrillers, which I don't know. I should have maybe known this website before. But um, the question she was asked was, the interviewer states, your previous books have blown me away, in particular Rock, Paper, Scissors, which I know was an ITW Award nominee. But Daisy Darker may be my favorite. And I heard in an interview that it's yours as well. What made this book so special for you? So she, that's what she asked um, Alice Feeney. And she says, Daisy was the hardest book to write and took the longest five years. Whoa. Right? That's a long time. But it is also the one I am most proud of. She lived in my head for so long. And I really wanted to tell her story the best possible way and do it justice. I suppose I know her so well, she feels like family to me, which makes this book and her story extra special. Wow. And something else I read is this story takes place at Halloween time. <gasps> it's the perfect October book. I'm it so excited really about it. 
So. I am all in, like, full, spooky, festive, fall spirits. Do you know what? I am a diehard you don't decorate till October 1st. Oh. I am one of those for all the holidays. Like, you wait till the day after Thanksgiving to decorate for Christmas. Christmas. I don't make my kids wait till the 1st of December, but you have to wait till Thanksgiving is over. And then for me, like, we on the first day of October, we all get a new Halloween shirt, and that's when you get they get it. And that's when we pull out Halloween decorations. Okay. We have two Halloween decorations up already. I have all of my decorations out. <laughs> all of them. I went oh, wild. There were just I a few ready. that I was like, this will be just easy to pull out really fast. And I got a new doormat. You're feeling with it. Pumpkins oh, on it, so. I need to get a doormat. I have a cute Christmas one. I've been thinking it's time to invest in Halloween. Ikea had a cute Halloween one with just some pumpkins. It'll work through Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. as well. Anyway, it was cute. So I was like, yeah, no, we'll put you that should come. I have like, I collect Halloween houses. You know, you can get a Christmas village. Yes. There's also Halloween oh, villages. cute. And I have probably 12 uh-huh. houses that are all like displayed on a, in like a village. Uh-huh. And like on a bookshelf or no, have I have a, a table, table that I set up <gasps> and like put all of my houses together. To see. Yeah, they're that all sounds out. Like fun they're to so set up. Fun. I have a clock of the Nightmare Before Christmas that chimes and plays the music. I want to live at your it's house. So fun. I don't have any of that fun stuff. I love Halloween the most. I probably Me have too. the most Halloween decorations. Of I any definitely holiday. have more Halloween than anything else. Um, but I maybe need to up my game. It sounds like I. Anyway. I do love Halloween. It's all out. I'm like so happy about it. That's I need fun. to get some. I did notice your wreath on your door. Yes. Really I have cute. like a big spider web that goes off of my house. It hooks uh-huh. up to the top of my house and comes down into my yard with a big spider. Ooh, fun. But Steve is being a stinker and won't it's put not it up, up yet. Or not, not yet. yet. It will go up, okay. but he's not as quick as me. We'll give him time. Yes. He's busy. Yes, he is. So that was fun. I love. I'm ex- I'm so excited to read this one. I'm excited too. But until then, Sarah, what's on your shelf? Ooh, I have some fun ones to talk about today. Um, The first one I want to talk about is How to Stop Time by Matt Haig. And you talked about Matt Mm -hmm. Haig, I just think, last week or a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And this is another one of his. This is an older one. It came out in 2019. So I think he's released two since then. Yeah. I think you're right. And, um, so this one, I after I finished Midnight Library, I was like, oh, I love this so much. What else has he written? And I started adding other books, but I'm just barely getting to it. So yeah. um, How to Stop Time, I was telling Jamie earlier that this is like, it's interesting to see the strings that tie this together with Midnight Library. He seems to have a theme okay. in his like fictional novels. Right, yeah. Um, and I think it kind of all boils down to like, What's what's the point of living? What's worth living for? Like what makes a good life? Yes. What makes, yes. I've only read. I think I've only read the comfort book that we just talked about and Midnight Library. Yes. I don't think I've read any of his others, but um, I can see that out of Midnight Library. Yeah. So I found that like okay. very interesting. So the the synopsis of this story is um, it it follows a gentleman. In, gosh, what year is he even born? Really a long time ago. Uh, I want to say maybe the 1500s. Okay. And Super long time ago. Yeah. And he is 
me. Yeah. I'm sure I'm wrong, but it's a it's long time ago. Yeah. A long and time ago. he's born in the French countryside in a small village and everything seems normal and fine until around his 12th birthday, 11th, 12th birthday, it just kind of stops aging. And that nobody, you know, his parent, his mom doesn't really know. They notice it, but yeah. there's not much to really say about it. Well, a few years pass and the village becomes quite suspicious and they don't understand it. Why do you still look so young? You should be looking like a this man. Age, yeah. And, um, and because they don't understand it, they must, he must be cursed. Um, he must be, he must be evil. Yes. And yeah, so they kind of start you. blaming him for problems in the town. And because they just, if they don't know what else to do, right? It's just, right. Fear of the unknown, fear of That's something different. Human nature. And he realizes that to keep his family safe, like he has to leave. And so he leaves and he and he just notices in himself like that he's not aging. He's staying quite young. Yeah. So the people around him are aging and he is not. He falls he falls in love, but now his this person that he loves is aging. And, and he is not. not. So he continues to like kind of jump around and move around. And you follow him throughout his life. And you see him like current day and then he jumps back and remembers like pastimes in his life. And so, you know, he's really, really old, like 600 years old, but he's, yeah. So he's kind of jumping around, remembering times from his past and how he's choosing to live. Now he joins a society of other people like him. It's kind of like, I mean, they don't come out and say it, but it's kind of like this genetic thing. Like he just has this gene that he doesn't age age. and they, and so he'll come across other people that are like him. And they've all learned to live and adapt because people aren't accepting of them. And so they just change their names and they reinvent Man, themselves. to live through so many people coming and going. Yep. Witnessing so many of your friends die. Yeah. And That's a part of it. There. Yeah. Well, and, and they don't stay around long enough to make friends that are long lasting. They don't keep in touch yeah. because people just don't understand it. Anyway, so that's kind of like an interesting thing. Like there's one group of people that think you should just live for frivolity, right? Like what's enjoyment like um, right now? So I'm going to drink to excess. I'm going to, you know, do all the things that are Mm -hmm. carnally um, fulfilling rather than like maybe long term fulfillment because they can't have things long-term even though they're around the longest it's very interesting dynamic wow that sounds really interesting it's super interesting and it's it's not confusing like it's very easy to follow it was very like thought-provoking you know how would you live a life if you could live forever yeah it's very interesting would you want to like would you yeah would you want to yeah Mm. It's super interesting. And I, I really, I thought it was really interesting and thought provoking. And I, I found it, I found it really fu- a fun story. I, I gave it three stars. I would definitely say check it out, especially if it's one of those books that you're interested in, like, you know, really thinking about life and what to live and how would someone live or, and there's lots of different people besides him that you get to see the way they choose to live. Anyway, yeah. it's interesting. Like all the different aspects, it would, it, it would, like, there's so many different things that would affect on how you think about this or this or different people, yeah. how they would think about these things. How far are you willing to go to not be found out? Yeah. Oh, or, wow. you know, it's just lots of things. Like there's a lot of different views within their little community mm-hmm. on what 
people should do or shouldn't do and what they're willing to do to make sure people follow the way they think it should be done, which was another yeah. aspect of it. Wow. I like it. It's good. Sounds good. Yeah. How to Stop Time by Matt Haig. Awesome. Okay. I read Normal Family on Truth, Love, and How I Met My 35 Siblings. 35 what? siblings by Krista Bilton. So this is a memoir. Okay. I love a good memoir. And this is not disappoint. My sister recommended this to me. And wow, 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 wow. If you liked Educated or Glass Castle, you'd yeah. like something like you'd like this as well. I okay. mean, it's not the same story, but same type of like, just blow you. your mind craziness. So um, Krista Bilton was born to a mother who, like we all, right? Mm -hmm. I guess I can't. Anyway, her mom, so she was born, Krista was born in like the 70s, very similar age to me, but her mom was a lesbian and, or is, she's still alive, was a lesbian, but it wasn't a time when that was accepted at all, or um, she couldn't be very out. I mean, she had a group of friends um that knew and she you know partners and whatnot but the outside world it was not something you lived out loud at the time Mm -hmm. and so she strongly 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 wanted children and was trying at that time to figure out like that wasn't if you were gay at that time you just didn't have kids there was nothing you know there was no answer to that for you at the time and so she found out about a sperm bank and she went to the sperm bank and she looked through like the catalogs and tried to pick one. And there was just nothing in there that, you know, none of the profiles w- she felt like were going to be the sperm donor to her children. So one day she's in and she, and it goes into the, her back life and, you know, what has led her to this point in life. Um, she's in having her hair done. And this guy comes in who is just absolutely dropped dead gorgeous. He's, little bit younger than her and she starts up a conversation with him and he comes from um, a prominent family grandfather went to Yale or Harvard Uh, so-and-so was a senator like just has this great pedigree he's really good looking very charming and so she decides she's going to ask him if he will donate sperm because she wants to have a child. So okay. she asks him, he thinks about it. Um, he agree- She offers to pay him. He agrees to it. So he goes to the sperm bank and they do all the testing and all the stuff they need to do and, um, and makes his donation. And the agreement that she um, asked him was that he didn't donate ever again, that this was the only donation was for her. And then in return, Why? he asked, she didn't want, she wanted, she found him. He wasn't there before, like selling or anything. Okay. And she wanted that is a to him to herself for that. Okay. And they okay. actually became really good friends. Like, so oh. let me go back. So his his only request was that she not ever tell his family members. Oh. Because they weren't together, but they were friends. And he actually knew his, so and she had one daughter and then she went back to him and got another donation for a second daughter. So she had two daughters with him and he was kind of in and out of their lives. She felt like her girls needed a father figure and he came and went, came and went. Well, he did not stick to his (laughs) promise of not making donations. And this was a time when 
donations were not regulated. There was no regulation on sperm banks, like how many times you could donate. Um, there were screenings, but um, it wasn't all thought through at the time. This was a newer thing. It wasn't all th- thought through. So um, going through life, come to find out they he made quite a few donations. Wow. And he was a New York Times article came out on donor 150. Oh, wow. That he was the donor 150 was the Not most only did he requested make more donation donations yeah. that he made but, a record amount. Yeah, because his profile was I mean, he wrote it up so perfectly. And he was just it was he was the number one requested sperm. And the mom knew that he was donor 150. So when she saw this article, oh my gosh, crap hit the fan. Oh no. So, because at this point, her kids know him as dad, but not, nobody knew he did other donations and there, there were other family relations out there. And turns out that maybe, so this, I'll tell you this one part and then you got to go read the rest. It's mind blowing craziness. He ends up, um, he had been diagnosed with schizophrenia before, but he didn't believe the diagnosis. So he didn't add it to the profile. Oh. He definitely has schizophrenia and he beca- he has a battle with addiction. He's homeless for a while. Just what? all the crazy, totally life does not go as he planned or anybody else planned for him. But um, oh, my gosh. at one point he is notified, it, like he reaches out to the New York Times and is like, hey, I'm donor 150. So he goes public and then it is brought to his attention that there are prominent twins. This is in California, prominent twins that he is the biological biological father of. Well, he thinks this is awesome and wants to like, anyway, so the person writing the article comes to the girl's mother and is like, well, what you've got to get him to calm down. There's these prominent twins tells him who it is. And, we can't have this get out into the public for there. They don't want it publicized. The blah, mom blah, blah. says that or the, the, the n- news article, journalist. Like the, the journalist. And so he thinks the twins are Mary Kay and Ashley Olson. Oh my gosh. He is positive. They look just like him, like his daughters. And what? it's, he's a psycho. Yeah, he is. And he exactly like his brain is all over the place with this. And there's so much more on his backstory, but, um, the mom hearing that is just like, oh, crap, because one of her daughters is dating this twin's older brother. And now she's panicked that the older brother possibly had was conceived from the same sperm donor. So she has to call her da- daughter and be like, hey, so this boyfriend of yours might actually be your half brother. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my Right? Gosh. Crazy. Crazy. I gave it four stars. So good. Oh my gosh. It is a page turner. I like. Say the name of it it again. The title Normal Family by Krista Bilton. And Krista is spelled C H R Y S T A. It is so crazy. So crazy. I gave it four stars. Wow. Excellent read. Excellent memoir. Wow. Highly recommend it. I've already put it on my list. You will want to read it. Yep. Wow. Good pick. Woo! A little out of breath after that one. Me too. Okay. Okay. All right. The next book I am going to talk about is called This Place of Wonder by Barbara O'Neill. I 
have been wanting to read this one for a long time. I've heard it. People have been talking about I've it heard a lot. Of it, yes. Um, I've been really looking forward to it. Barbara O'Neill wrote When We Believed in Mermaids, which I don't know that you've read, but I, did not I read, read that I one. really loved I remember you I talking really about it. I really loved it. Um, it's kind of about sisters. Anyway, mm-hmm. I really loved that one. So I was excited to read this one. And I did. It has really high ratings. It's like 4.4 with like 6,600 ratings. Like really well liked book. Kay. This book is about. Um, it kind of starts off really quick with this woman receiving a call that her ex-husband has had a heart attack and died in his restaurant. Okay. Um, he was with a young hostess at the time. And so, you know, we need to cover, we don't want that to get out. You're going to have to let his daughter, you know, your daughters know. So this is where we're jumping into the book, like family tragedy and maybe not under the best of circumstances. So she proceeds to go to his home, which is this beautiful big home and kick his girlfriend out of the house whom he was not with when he died. Oh. Okay. Okay. So she gets kicked out. She's also quite young and has nowhere to go. So she is figuring that out. Um, That day, the house has been left to one of their daughters who gets out of rehab that day and is coming on home to stay in this house after being in rehab. So we have that history going on, and they have another daughter who is married with children, and her life is a little bit more stable. And she just, but she just loved her dad so much, and is heartbroken. Doesn't tell the daughters, her daughters, that he's gone because she just can't handle even saying it out loud. So they are in the dark. So there's this whole bit going on yeah. here, and um. As the book moves on, you obviously get to learn more about each woman's relationship with this man. This man. And all the things that have happened over the years to bring them to this point in their mm-hmm. lives. And it's classic, like, women's lit. It's If you like that genre, you will like this book. Okay. Um, it's very dramatic. It's... It's... Um, I did not see there's there's lots of twists about his death and how he died and was it natural mm. um and all those kinds of things and them trying to figure out their lives and how they're going to move forward from this point because they're all connected to him. I like the book. It I gave it 3 stars. Okay. So I didn't like it as much as everybody else seems to like it. Um, but I will just say my, my like hangups were kind of on like, he was very like magnetic and sexual. Like I felt like he had sex with every single person he came in contact with. And I just (laughs) don't love that. Like we as women can be better than like giving in. Like why? Right. Why are we doing that? The little free, too free for me. Yeah. So that part, that part for me, like I just kept going like, are you like, why does he have so much power over all of you? Like, he sounds kind of like a schmuck. Yeah. I'm sure he was wonderful in his way, as all humans are. Right. 
but this way bothered you and yeah. you have that right to have that thought. Yeah. So that was the thing that I just couldn't get over. At the end of the day, I loved how it ended. Mm-hmm. I thought it ended really well. So I forgave some of my like hangups with him as a and mm-hmm. the way like those relationships and how um manipulative and controlling it seemed to be to me. Yeah. But I so I could forgive some of that because it really did end really really well. Awesome. Anyway, I would love to hear. This is one of those that like someone else read it so you can talk to me about it, please. <laughs> I like really, really, that's one that I could talk and talk and talk and talk about, but yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. So it's called This Place of Wonder by Barbara O'Neill. Awesome. Okay. The next one, I guess I was on a memoir streak. The next one is The Storyteller, Tales of Life and Music by Dave Grohl. I gave this five stars. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Even if you're not sure you, who Dave Grohl is, you do know who Dave Grohl is, I promise. Dave Grohl <laughs> is the drummer of Nirvana. Yeah. And the lead singer, and he kind of put together Foo Fighters. Yeah. So, at, oh. I had another friend read this and is love it. An amazing storyteller. This book is so good. He has such a good view of life and friendship. And, you know, you've heard a lot of these stories from the media because of who he's involved with and um, other singers and other bands and who's on the road with them and Kurt Cobain. But to hear it from his point of view, like when he talks about Kurt Cobain and as a friend, as a bandmate, and then as he mourned him. It is absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. Absolutely heartbreaking. And then there's stories like he's he's married, he's got three daughters, and when he talks about his daughters, it is just, it's beautiful. He wants his daughters to have this beautiful life, and he's so dedicated to them, and yet then so torn being on the road. And he tells one story where his daughter's, their school has like a daddy daughter date every year and his oldest daughter went every year and his second oldest daughter cried every year as dad went with the older daughter. And they always, at the, they always told her, it'll be your turn soon. It'll be your turn soon. Well, it turns out the year it's her turn for the first time. He's on tour and he's on Australia and there, there's a show scheduled the same night as this. And he calls his manager and is like, can't do it. Can't do it got to be to the daddy-daughter date. We have to move this. We have to figure out a way. And he's like, there's no way. And he's like, I'm telling you, we have to figure out a way. So they figure out like all this moving dates. He ends up flying to Australia doing a show and then turning around and flying back like 20 hours in a plane to be back for his daughter's dance. And he is there for his daughter's dance. Oh my god! Her first daddy-daughter dance. And he's like, there's just no way I could have missed it. There's just no way. So like, the things he like his priorities are there as a father and he hates being on the road so much but he also another um story is Paul McCartney comes to bring him a baby gift when he has when him and his have wife have one of their daughters and they sit and visit and visit with the other two daughters that are older i think it was the third daughter i'm not exactly sure but Paul McCartney sits down at the piano and teaches his daughter her first piano lesson and writes a little song for her. Oh my gosh. And the next morning, the daughter wakes up and goes to the piano and starts playing it again. How would that be to have Paul McCartney give you your first piano lesson? Just show up with a present like this life. Oh my gosh. Crazy. That is amazing. So he, he just goes through all of his experiences. I'd have to say one of the things that 
was a little hard for me is it doesn't go in chronological order. He kind of oh. jumps around, but he does that as he's relating things to each other. So sure. it wouldn't be written the same if he went in chronological order. But at times I was a little confused, like, wait, I thought you said you had three daughters and this is your only, it's because it's not oh. in chronological order okay. and, and it, it goes, jumps around from thing to thing, relating themes more so than chronology. I gave it five stars. That's amazing. It is so good. So my husband, Steve, uh-huh. is like a diehard Foo Fighters fan. Yeah. And so one year for our anniversary, I gave him tickets you to, went Foo, to Fighters. Foo Fighters. Yeah. Did you go with him? Oh, I went. Oh, I would have loved. And to like, come. you know, a lot of their music just yeah. from the radio. Not that I have any of their albums. Right. And I also hear it when Steve puts it on. Yeah. But it, I've been to a lot of concerts. I'm a big music fan. I love going to concerts. There's mm-hmm. just nothing like live music. Right? Yeah. And I have never been to a concert like the Foo Fighters concert. Really? I will stick to this day. It was the longest concert of my life to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm all done now. I think it's time. You can call it a day. They did five encores. Oh my God. I'm not kidding you. Just kept coming out. He was the kindest. He, even on stage, like you could just feel it coming off of him. He just is. He has a really great relationship with his mom, and it's just so sweet. Like you can just see, yeah. Oh, you he's feel family it. Family oriented, even he's on stage, kind, loving. There was a person which don't even. I, uh, I'll tell. There was a person in the front, mm-hmm. like I don't know, first few rows, who brought their six or seven year old daughter. She had like headphones, headphones on, on. Count, noise canceling yeah. headphones on. To this Foo Fighters concert that never ended. I think we left yeah. after midnight. It was close Just to one because it never ended. And he saw her uh-huh. in the audience. He's like, what are you doing up so late? And he's talking to this little girl. Oh. And she's, he's like, I'm so grateful you're a fan. Guys, get her a chair. Oh, my God. Because they're all standing yeah. down there. Yeah. Brings a chair onto the stage and lets her come sit on the stage. Oh, my god! Because she wants to sit down. This poor thing is yeah. going to fall asleep. And I'm just like, you parents <laughs> that bring your little children <laughs> to this crazy concert because the people are just going wild. But that's who he was. And he came over and he's like talking to her so nice. And he's giving her a pick and letting her sit on the stage. Oh, my gosh. What an experience. It was Crazy. No, but for real. And he sang a lot of songs from other bands. He does a lot of covers. Uh And it was, it's so good. Mm -hmm. They're just really very talented, like, band. Uh I can't imagine the devastation of losing their drummer. Right. Um, Because I do think they're all, like, family. They do. Like, to have lost Kurt Cobain and then he loses a childhood friend just after. And then this last year, losing their drummer. Like, oh, the heartache. Because he is. He... I, you you feel that when it's they're close type just being yeah. in the stadium with them, mm-hmm. it was it was an amazing experience just watching that. Even as someone who's not like a not huge fan. fan, I mean, yeah. I'm not not a, I just don't know a lot about them. But like afterwards, I kind of walked away with a lot of respect for them, yeah. especially as performers. Like with how much they perform to still give that kind of a, kind show, of a show over and over yeah. and over again. Like it's saying a lot. Right. It was impressive. You know what? I went to Paul McCartney when he came to Utah, and same thing. He That's amazing. Went, he, multiple encores went super late, and he's not a young guy. No. You know, and he put on 
I feel like so a I lot feel of these younger that, artists like don't get it. Yeah, like that's how you get di- like lifelong fans. fans that would continually come back and come back and yeah. support you. Yeah, yeah, like they just kind of are like, okay, here are my scheduled, my rehearsed things. You know, one and through I'm ten. Out. See you tomorrow, or see you next year. Yep, pay money again, hundred and fifty, five hundred dollars. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It doesn't Concerts feel personal, so but that's yeah. the kind of concert that I'm looking for. Is the personal. the personal? Yeah, I agree. Anyway, that's I amazing. Agree. I'll have to check it's it out. It's a great book. Really, really good. Awesome. The storyteller. All right, the last book I'm going to talk about today is The Diamond Eye by Kate Quinn. You know Kate Quinn. Mm-hmm. She I have not read this one. She wrote The Alice Network, The Rose Code, The Huntress. Um, she has, you know, she is a great storyteller. I haven't read any of hers. I know who she is and I know of those books. And I actually, yeah. because those two are like World War II and not They're all really, World War II. Are they all? So I've never really gone down that road, but somebody just talked me into, I think, think the rose code she said that was better than the other one okay um, so anyway. i haven't read the alice network or rose code but i have read the huntress and i really liked you the really huntress like okay okay the thing now i can't speak for the alice network or rose code because i haven't read those but as a, for the huntress and the diamond eye mm-hmm. um both related to world war ii it's fringes Okay. So you're not deep right, diving I, in the middle of it's things happening in the on the outskirts. On the outskirts that are somewhat related but not. Yes. It. So like the okay. Huntress it's I love the Huntress and we're not talking about that today, but definitely okay. read the Huntress. I it was I one of it. my it was I still think about that book. It's crazy. Okay. The Diamond Eye is about a sniper from USSR. So she okay. fought from that um, war line. What do mm-hmm. they call that? Front line mm-hmm. on that side of the war. And she talks about being, I think she's Ukrainian because Ukraine at the time was a part of USSR. Okay. Which I could be mistaken, but I, I just got the impression that that was the area she was from. Okay. And she is, she got pregnant when she was 15, um, kind of swooned by an older guy, and Mm -hmm. her dad forced his hand and they married. But he was awful, and they separated very quickly, and she, like, tries to divorce him over and over and over again, and he won't let her go. Okay. But he also doesn't want to be married to her. It's kind of like like just a power struggle. Yeah. I just don't want anyone else to have you. We can't, you know. Control. Yeah. And she decides one day that she, you know, he's not, he's really kind of mean to their son and, and gives him a hard time and makes him feel really bad. And so she decides, well, I need to be his dad and his mom. And so she goes to shooting school. It was very popular at the time to be a part of a shooting club, um, men and women. And so it was like uh, an activity that you would do as a group. Everybody goes shooting. And so you go to the club and you shoot and the things. And so she becomes a very good shooter. She gets a special certificate um, to be like an ace shooter and all these things. Then the war breaks out and it's coming to their home shores. And she decides like, I have this skill. And if I'm also going to be a dad for my 
son, then I need to go and fight just like his dad would. Okay. And so, um, they, she goes and signs up for the war. She immediately gets recognized for her skills and puts in being and gets put in as a sharpshooter, like a, I don't even know, like, Is that like a sniper. Yeah. Like a, kind of like that. Like okay. you go to sit in a dugout and you right. are doing that anyway. So she is, as she becomes very decorated wow. because she has, she, they, they count kills. Yeah. And she's, it's racked tracked. up like over 300 so is this kills. historical fiction is it based yes, off, of off of a real person? a real person okay and you watch her experience like on the war front but as a woman sniper and then she ends up going on like a a tour to the u.s as they try to gather support from the u.s because they need reinforcements they need supplies and uh-huh. they're not getting a lot of support there and so she comes to like kind of garner U.S. support and it's with she stays at the White House with Eleanor Roosevelt and FDR oh and her experience is there. She they extend her tour because they have such a she forms a relationship with Eleanor and they travel the U.S. together and that's really interesting. Wow, it's kind it's very cool. Yeah. Now there's a lot of things at the end. She always talks about the things that she like created out of the story, right? Like right. I embellish this. I create this isn't real. This is my own manufactured. Right. Whatever, and but why she decided to go that route? Well, in her journals and all this stuff. Anyway, so yeah. that is super fascinating. It's a very fun story about a very strong woman. I really liked it. I gave it four stars. I'm not, and we know this. Like, I'm not yeah. like a big. I get bored or uh, maybe bogged down yeah. by the World War II story, so I sometimes avoid them. But I really did enjoy this one quite a bit, and I actually like remembering the Huntress. Now that we're talking about Kate Quinn, like I really loved the Huntress too. So I'm assuming her other books are would be just, would be as, just good. as good. I just put The Huntress on hold, and it'll be available in two weeks. <laughs> Jamie <laughs> has a lot of two-weekers. I was just telling Sarah, everything on my hold list is available in two weeks. So yeah. here's another two-weeker. In two, week, two weeks, don't call me. Yeah. I will be really <laughs> busy. Oh, that's so great. So good luck me. <laughs> I know. Good luck I'm you. excited. Please come fast, because I don't have any books right now. So oh, I need them to that's come. That's the worst. Yeah. Um, I think that's all for today. Yeah, Thanks for listening. If you've read any of these books or if you can talk to me about this place of wonder, please let me know. You can find <laughs> us on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us at this is your book club podcast at gmail.com. Rate and subscribe. Share with your friends, please. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your book club. Your book club.